This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To the Rotowire Mixed Martial Arts Podcast. I'm Jake Litarski, joined today by John Littering. If you're out there on Twitter, you can give John a follow, please, at John Littering, J O N L I T T E R I N E. You can follow me at Jake Ski52. Today, John and I are going to be making our picks for the biggest fights at UFC 205 live from Madison Square Garden on Saturday. John, it's been a while since uh, we've talked here, but uh, I, I know you're kind of a native to the New York area. I mean, you got to be pretty pumped for this card, right? Yeah, I yeah. am. Um, you know, born and raised in New York, still live in New York, and I've spent countless nights in my life in Madison Square Garden, but obviously for different things. You know, I'm a big Nick fan, I'm a big Ranger fan, tons of concerts, so I've spent more than my fair share of days there, but never for anything like this. Yeah. Um, it's it's just fun, you know, If for all us New Yorkers, if you ever wanted to, you know, the closest you could ever get to a card was to go to Jersey, so... To actually be able to have you know such a big event, and I'm sure there will be multiple cards run all over New York in the coming years. So it's it's an exciting moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all the other promotions I'm sure will follow suit. Get some events booked in there. I was just just curious out of curiosity the other day. I looked on on StubHub, and man, I couldn't touch tickets there for less than 600. I think I saw. If you wanted a floor seat, it was like over 20k. So uh, yeah, the demand's going to be there. The gate record, I think Dana and the UFC are right on with that. Oh yeah, it's not even close. Um, a good friend of mine actually, he got tickets uh, like the third row, of the two hundreds. Which, if you don't know the garden now, the garden is pretty much two levels, mm-hmm. just you know, one bottom bowl and one top bowl. And he got him. He paid face value, but face value was eight seventy five a pop. So he's gonna be there, but uh, you know, a little hit to his wallet. Oh yeah, I hear you. I mean, I went to two hundred at T-Mobile in Las Vegas, which was awesome and well worth it. But I thought that would be the most I'd ever see or even consider paying for a ticket. And uh, Madison Square Garden is going to have that beat by just a tad there. Um, but all right, let's jump into the card, John. Uh, we'll, we'll go straight to the main event. I know that's what the listeners want to hear right away. 
Eddie Alvarez, UFC lightweight champion, taking on Conor McGregor, UFC featherweight champion in a lightweight championship matchup here. Your DraftKings prices, you got Alvarez at 7,600, McGregor at 8,600, so quite the disparity there. To reflect the Vegas odds, of course, McGregor minus 155 favorite, Alvarez plus 135 dog. One thing that was interesting to me, John, odds to finish were minus 300, so Vegas thinks this one won't make it all five rounds. How do you see this one playing out? You know, this is hard. This is the one real one real fight on the card where the last several weeks I've gone back and forth mm-hmm. and picked, changed my pick numerous times. I ended up taking Alvarez, and I you know freely admit I'm not particularly confident in the pick. You know, this shakes down pretty. The whole this whole thing to me is kind of pretty straightforward. You would think Alvarez is going to go in there with a wrestling game plan. It's his background. It's what makes him successful. He's proven throughout the years to be a durable guy. I think he's only been knocked out once in his entire career. Mm-hmm. So he's shown that he can take a beating. Now, then you have to, of course, take into consideration the whole mental thing um, with the you know the mind games McGregor plays. And you know we said on here before, I th- we were both firmly of the belief that McGregor had Jose Aldo defeated before Aldo even got in the cage that night. So it's one of those things where. We're not really going to know how Eddie handles the whole entire thing until he gets in there on Saturday. And, you know, Eddie has certainly – he's played into some of McGregor's, you know, shenanigans. But, of course, you have to do some of that because you're trying to promote the fight on, you know, exactly. such a big card. I mean, he seems pretty calm and collective in a lot of the yeah, interviews that I've seen. Like, he's handling himself pretty well. He does. He seems fine. He seems to know – he seems to have a pretty good idea of how much to – play and do this and then know when to turn it off and then to start focusing on fighting you know what i mean mm-hmm. how much to you know to, to play into it and how much to you know when to step away so you know this is hard this is mcgregor certainly should have a power advantage mm-hmm. and alvarez has proven he's durable he can take a punch he can take a beating and i've said this before I do not think Conor McGregor's style of fighting is conducive to fighting a five-round fight. Now, mm-hmm. does that mean he can't win a five-round fight? Of course not. Yeah, but, I mean, we all saw Nate Diaz. I, I mean, I, I was pretty much in the Diaz camp for that one, and and he proved me wrong on that. He put together an excellent game plan of striking, able to stand with him, and uh, and won a fight in that matter. Now, Diaz, although he has the excellent submission game, doesn't quite have the wrestling of Eddie Alvarez. Is that fair? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Eddie is going to be, you know, I, I was about to say Eddie's the best wrestler McGregor's fought. Now, mm-hmm. I, Chad Mendez is probably the yep. best wrestler McGregor's fought. I wanted but, to go know, back to that fight. I'm glad you brought that up. A short notice fight, and Chad didn't really have a chance to game plan as much as he would have liked to. Yeah. So I'm kind of throwing that fight out the window now. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the Chad Mendez fight, he was able to get takedowns on McGregor and then execute some ground and pound. The thing with Chad Mendez, though, you know, you bring up the short notice, he kind of gassed out. And then once McGregor was able to get back up, he put a stop to that fight pretty quickly. I don't think Eddie Alvarez will gas out like Chad Mendez did. No, he won't. I, I don't think he will either. And if Alvarez is to win this fight, I think it's almost certainly going to be dull and boring. Not, that, that sounds wrong. It's almost going to certainly be an extended, grinded fight as far as... Mm-hmm. If you were going to tell me right now that on Saturday this fight's going to go the distance, I think Alvarez would win. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Connor probably knows that. 
And I could, as I, like I said moments ago, I'm picking Alvarez. I would be far from shocked if Connor got one of those highlight reel knockouts, you know, and came up big on, you know, such a big stage. But this is a fight, and the whole card is full of this, where there are not many underdogs that I like. Mm-hmm. And this is close. I'm a little surprised that there's such a gap in the odds, uh, in the um, Vegas salaries. This is, at least to me, pretty darn close to a pick yeah, and um, I mean, you, you think know? of it from DraftKings' perspective a little bit. If they if they were too close in salary, the owner they have to control ownership percentage a little bit so that one guy is not owned in eighty percent of lineups here. So by making the disparity there, making McGregor a little bit more costly, I think that backs off the ownership percentage a bit and makes uh, a little bit more even distribution. I, I guess I would say I think that's why the disparity is there. That's just my theory, though. I don't really know for sure. I believe that because casual and casual fans who put in lineups are going to put McGregor in the lineup because mm-hmm. he's the big state. Yep, they want to see a big highlight right. reel knockout to finish yeah. off and hopefully thrust them into the money. Last fight of the night, last chance to score points in those DraftKings lineups. I don't I don't really know what's going to happen here, you know, and this is there are not many fights we talk about these days, at least high profile fights where you can see a path to victory for both guys, and this is kind of one of them. You know, Connor mm-hmm. should have a power advantage. If Connor is able to keep up his pace for, you know, the majority of the fight and consistently land. And Alvarez is foolish enough to stand there and let him land. Then, you know, Connor certainly has a good chance of winning. If Eddie can rack up takedowns on McGregor, like Mendez can and drag it out, you know, certainly Alvarez has the edge. So Mm -hmm. this is kind of Connor. You might, I might be willing to listen to an argument that Connor even though he has the higher salary, is the better DraftKings play because a Connor win is likely to come via stoppage, while an Alvarez win I think is more likely to come via decision. Mm-hmm. Which obviously, as you know, all our listeners know, the whole goal of this DraftKings of daily MMA, fantasy MMA is you want to get the quickest finish you can. That's the mm-hmm. biggest goal. Yeah, there. And, are, I mean, there are rare, rare exceptions. I, I'll go back to McGregor Diaz too because Diaz actually ended up with almost as many DraftKings points as McGregor in that fight because over the five rounds, the two landed strikes over and over again. So it is possible to be productive in five rounds, even if you don't win. But again, like you mentioned, I think I think you're 100% correct in saying the main goal is to find those stoppage because those stoppage bonuses are, are, are very high. And it's, I mean, very rarely can people make up for that in strikes. I would say Diaz was more the exception than the norm. Right. It definitely was. And, you know, the other thing is, and we talk about this every time, too, you have to find underdogs somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't put your line together without them. So I think Alvarez is, you know, both on the Vegas odds and the drafting salary. I think he's a pretty good value on both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's, you know, I, I like I mentioned, I think this is a 50-50 fight. Yep. Absolutely. So we've got we've got eight fights to cover. So uh, we'll we'll continue moving down the uh, down the, down the list here. I do want to mention that you know you, you said you do have to bring underdogs into play. DraftKings did expand from five to six fighters recently. If you uh, you know haven't really played since the last time you've heard from us here, so you might even have to pick two, maybe three underdogs depending on how big uh, the favorites you pick are. So just something to keep in mind moving forward. 
But, John, let's go to the co-main event. Uh, there are three title fights on this card. The co-main event, also a very exciting bout. We're going to see Tyrone Woodley in his first title defense since knocking out Robbie Lawler for the belt. He's taken on, though, one of the top prospects, one of your favorite guys, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson here. The DraftKings salaries, Thompson 8,800, Woodley 7,400. Uh, Thompson a minus 190 Vegas favorite Woodley a plus 165 Vegas dog here I think we both have uh, we both have Thompson picked here for this one uh, but can you kind of see how, how how you envision this one playing out well I'm sure you know before you even read it you know uh, I, I'm, I'm in I'm all in on, on Wonderboy I've been all in for mm-hmm. for over a year now it's my guy um, I'm not you know I've been on the train since the start and I'm better or worse I'm not getting off now yep. Um yep. I don't think I've ever seen better just like karate. I mean, I'm picking out one aspect of his game, but just like karate since like prime Lyoto Machida, maybe. I mean, he, he's got – and it's more than just that. He's got a diverse skill set. It's ridiculous. He – you know, his last couple fights, you look at the fight against Johnny Hendricks. You look at the fight against Warrior McDonald. He was – and I am not exaggerating – twice as good a striker as both of those guys. I mean, it wasn't even close. You look at guys, and Hendricks has a lot of power, and McDonald, um, you know, throws volume. But looking at that, you can see why one of these guys was, you know, one of the guys was a world-class kickboxer, and one guy was, and one of the guys was. The guy, Thompson, is just, he, his pound-for-pound striking, the accuracy mixed with the power, mixed with these strange angles and locations that he throws punches and kicks from. He is one of the best pound-for-pound strikers in the world. Now, Tyron Woodley is a wrestler. Tyron Woodley's background is in wrestling. You would think Tyron Woodley is smart enough to know that his clearest path to winning this fight on Saturday is to wrestle. Mm -hmm. Now, it has to be pointed out, we all said the same, literally almost word-for-word, the same thing when he... Thompson fought Johnny Hendricks. We're like, there's no way Hendricks is going to be stupid enough to strike with him. He's going to just go for the takedown. Thompson's going to be fine. Uh, Hendricks is going to be fine. Okay, well, Hendricks decided to stand and trade, and Thompson, you know, knocked the snot at him. Wasn't yeah. even close. Yeah, TKO first round. Uh, that was back in February of this year. Remotely close. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're put it this: if Woodley wins again, and Woodley has at least a backup, a little bit of a, a backup plan because Woodley has the power to knock out any guy on earth. Look at what he just did to Robbie Lawler, who is one of the most known to be one of the most durable guys in the world. Yeah. I mean, everyone saw the, the Lawler McDonald war and, and one of the better fights of over the last few years here. So he's absolutely yeah, durable, but Woodley put an end to that right away. So, right. So, you know, this is, and if Woodley wrestles again, a lot like if Alvarez does, it might not be pretty. But you know what's when you're you're on obviously the biggest card in history and the first New York card in Madison Square Garden. The important thing is getting your hand raised, not how you do it. So the important thing is that you leave as, as champion. You know, not how you get there. Yeah, if Woodley wants to continue calling out these big money fights, you know, the GSPs and the Nick Diaz, you know, you, got, you, you want to be champion and at least uh, fend off your top contenders to actually earn the privilege to be able to do something like that. So I think, I think winning is going to be at the forefront of his mind for sure. It is. And, you know, and Stephen Thompson's, you know, career takedown defense in the UFC is over 81%. It's a really, really good number. Mm-hmm. People just talk about, you know, talk about his wrestling game or his lack of wrestling game a lot because his striking game is so advanced. 
if his wrestling game was, you know, anywhere near a striking game, he'd be the best pound for pound fighter in the world. So, you know, his brother-in-law is Chris Weidman. We've talked about this before. He's certainly getting a lot of training on his wrestling game. You know, he, he knows, I'm sure Thompson's a smart guy. I'm sure he knows that's what Woodley's going to come after him with. So game plan for that. If Woodley's dumb enough to, you know, try and, you know, stand and trade with him, Thompson doesn't need practice at that. You know, Thompson knows how to do that. He doesn't need to train every day, you know, to, to, to kickbox. He knows how to kickbox. So, you know, this is, again, same thing. If Woodley decides to wrestle, he, pro- he probably he has a decent chance of winning. If he decides to stand and trade, there's far better than a 50-50 chance that Thompson is going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I absolutely think it'll play out like that. He'll be looking for the takedown early. Maybe he'll see if he can sneak in a shot, but he'll be looking for that takedown. We're both picking Thompson. Not a bad DraftKings play at 8,800. Actually more expensive than McGregor, uh, but the odds to finish on that one at minus 185. So Vegas doesn't think that this one's going to be a five-round fight exactly here. So let's move on to the third and final championship bout. There's so many excellent bouts here, but uh, the championship bout, the last one here, uh, is the women's strawweight champion where you have... Uh, a female fighter that is can absolutely make a case to be one of the better pound-for-pound fighters in the world. Ioana Janjacek, the uh, champion out of Poland. It's uh, two women from Poland actually uh, squaring off here. She's going to take on Karolina Kowalkowicz. And uh, the DraftKings salary reflective of the run Janjacek has been on. 9300 for her. Kowalkowicz very, very cheap at 6900 The Vegas odds have Janjacek as a big minus 400 favorite. Kowalkowicz plus 325 dog. And the odds to finish, plus one. So Vegas seems pretty confident that this fight's going to go all to a decision, which doesn't necessarily make for a good DraftKings play all the time. No, it doesn't, and I would agree with that. This, this of the three, certainly of the three title fights, this is the fight I would think would certainly be most likely to go the distance. And this, this is tough because these are two women who employ very similar styles, both. Joanna and Carolina, their entire offense, anything they do, is based upon their striking games. Um, the biggest difference, I think, between the two, there are two big differences. The first difference is that Joanna hits harder. Mm-hmm. She she has more power behind her shots. She's three inches taller, so she could stand back a little bit and reach Carolina when Carolina can't reach her. And then the second thing is, and it's admitted a tiny sample size, but strikes per minute absorbed, which is how you know how many significant strikes each woman gets hit per minute. Carolina is at three point eight seven, so she's at about four, Ooh. while Joanna is at two point three two. Now, if you're going over the course of a twenty five minute fight, absorbing you know one point five strike more significant strikes per minute is a big number by the time all is said and done. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking at this. The 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 odds are so, and the salary of Carolina is so low mm-hmm. that I really gave consideration to picking picking her. I don't think she's going to win. Yeah, but, yeah. I was going to sum that up. I, I think we're both taking you and Jay check in that. There's no question about that. But Kowalkowicz at 6,900, the fact that this will probably go to a decision, the fact that she'll have five rounds to maybe rack up some DraftKings points via significant striking. That's not that's not a bad price, and that will allow you to get some of those bigger favorites in your lineup. So I think you have to consider the baseline that she offers, at least in cash games, because I don't think that she's going to get knocked out really early. I think she'll withstand enough, because she's a tough chick, man. There's no doubt about that. And she'll she'll withstand enough and maybe land a few shots in. I just think Jay Check comes out on top. 
Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, for all Joanna's, you know, greatness, and she's great, other than she finished Carlos Sparza and she finished Jessica Penny, but, you know, the, Joanna's had five UFC fights. She only has stoppage wins in two of them, so, you know, that's not a great percentage. So mm-hmm. while she beats up her opponents and lands a ton and, you know, is very violent on the feet, it doesn't necessarily always lead to a stoppage. Mm-hmm. So this this is, and it's what you said before, it's kind of a risk-reward type thing. If you look down this, and we'll, we'll talk about this in, in a couple minutes, there are some underdogs on this card that I wouldn't, I would, then I'm sure we're going to talk about this, I, I would go nowhere near. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to find some underdogs who at least you can make some semblance of an argument for to win, or at least, you know, put up, up you got to put yourself in the best position. They're underdogs for a reason, you know, they usually don't win. But you have to put try and get people in your lineup who could result in you know a payoff down the road somewhere, and I think Carolina at least gives you that, even if you don't think she's going to win. Yeah, I mean for sixty nine hundred, maybe gets you forty fifty DraftKings points, something you can work with in your lineup here. But let's move on. You know, you mentioned some underdogs that we're going to agree on some, we're going to disagree on some. I think this one might be a little bit of a point of contention for us. It's a middleweight top contender matchup between Chris Weidman, who. Congratulations, Chris Weidman. He fought for this harder than anyone, being a New York native here, getting to fight in front of his home crowd, going up against Yoel Romero, who also has quite a quite a bit of long layoff. He had that six-month tainted supplement PED-type suspension. Weidman had a pretty long layoff his, as well after the uh, Rockhold loss. He had some, uh, some back-neck surgery, and that kind of kept him out of competition for a while. But that being said, Weidman enters as a pretty big favorite, minus 170 over Yoel Romero, a plus 150 dog. Weidman, 8,500 on DraftKings. Romero, 7,700 on DraftKings. Odds to finish here, minus 130. So someone's going to finish here. Uh, who do you think that's going to be, John? Hey, I got my New York guy, Weidman. Um, this is – Yoel Romero is uh, – you know he's a freak athlete. He's a former Olympian. But he is pretty much a one-trick pony. This, to me, is going to be – I see this being eerily reminiscent of Weidman's title fight against Vitor Belfort not all that long ago. Vitor exploded out of the gate in that fight. He had Weidman down. He had Weidman in trouble. And next thing you know, he gassed out badly. And Chris you know, took over from there. So Romero – I expect Romero to come out like a house of fire. I expect him to try and finish this fight within the first, you know, three minutes, three and a half minutes. But I don't know how any, I don't, I don't see how you can think Romero is going to look better than Wyman in rounds two and three. Mm -hmm. He is so big and he has so much muscle mass that it is impossible. You know, I'm not even getting into any of the PED stuff. He's just, he's for, especially for a guy who checks in 185 pounds, he is so massive that there's no way he can keep up his pace for the course of a 15-minute fight. It's, he's shown time and time again that he can't do it, and there's no way he's going to be able to do it in this fight. Now, he, I, if I could see him blitzing Weidman off the bat and winning, that's possible. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting that happening, but 
if he doesn't finish this fight early, I don't see how he it, wins. It'll be a long one for him. Yeah. So we all got to pick upsets here. And, and this is the one on the card that I'm, I'm personally going to go out on a limb and kind of against the grain a little bit here. And I understand it's risky. I know exactly where you're coming from. I just, I don't know, maybe it's too much gut feeling, but I think that Weidman in that initial, I'm sorry, Romero in that initial blitz, he's hungry. He's ready to go. I think there's a chance that he catches Weidman. And if that's the case, you get your DraftKings, not, or your, you get your knockout bonus and for an underdog in this fight he has a chance here now I understand Weidman's got all the x-factor all the intangible stuff he's probably he's he's definitely will be better conditioned he's a more diverse mixed martial artist he has the home crowd behind him here but the year younger there's others yeah I mean Romero's 39 so definitely keep that in mind I just think with the back and neck surgery he he had is he is he mentally going to be ready there to stand in and take a shot and there's that factor to me and and I, I just Romero has so much power and I fully agree with you if that initial flurry does not get it done for Romero there's no way he wins this fight however I think there's a I don't know, right around a 50-50 chance that, that that initial flurry gets it done for Romero, and that's good enough for me when trying to pick an upset and, and, and win some cash on DraftKings, especially in those tournaments where you got to be hunting knockouts. So everyone's got to pick an upset. This one's mine on the card. I don't feel super great about it, but I think there's just enough of a chance that Romero can get it done in that initial flurry. I mean, and, and the other thing is, the other thing reason I, I like Wybin is Romero, you know, Romero's a wrestler, and you know, like we said, he's seven years older than Weidman, but you know, I'm, having as far as cage time goes, he's much less experienced. Only twelve right. sanctioned professional and, bouts in his in you know, his, his life. If you're looking for trying to gain an advantage on Chris Weidman, um, trying to beat him in the wrestling game is not the way to go about doing it. No, nope. you're going um, right after his strengths, sir. Yeah, that you know. So even if even if Romero does come out with that flurry. It would be based upon you know wrestling and takedowns and ground and pound, which is mm-hmm. why you know Weidman you know Weidman's takedown defense in his career is over eighty percent. So and I you know I don't I just I see I don't see Chris fi- Chris fighting in front of you know his family and friends and all that stuff. I just think we're going to see you know the best mm-hmm. Chris Weidman we've ever seen. Yeah, I, I very much see where you're coming from. I just, I don't know, maybe Romero has a sneaky trick up his sleeve, one of those spinning back fists, whatever it takes here. Before we move on though, John, real quick. Uh, does the winner of this fight get the next shot at Bisbing? Is that a virtual certainty now? If it's Weidman, I think so. You know, I don't know. Bisping said not yesterday or the day before that he won't fight Romero. You know, he's not dealing with, you know, the PED stuff that Romero has dealt with. So, okay. I mean, ultimately that's not going to be Bisping's call. You know, he's not going to have to say in the matter. Nope. But um, I, if Weidman wins, I think it's him. And, you know, um, uh, if that fight happened, I, you know, I think we would both pick Weidman over Bisping. Yes, I would absolutely agree with you there. And then, of course, in the middleweight division, we've got Jacare Souza waiting in the wings. Of course, his bout with Luke Rockhold canceled there. I don't know what's. I don't know where that's heading. You yeah. know, all just had to withdraw, so I don't know what they're going to do there. Yeah, another reason to keep in tune to RotoWire.com, get all of the latest updates here. Well, moving on down the card, we've got a we got a fan favorite against an up and comer here in a welterweight bat- matchup here. Kelvin Gastelum will take on Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who we all know fights as frequently as possible. And Cerrone enters as a pretty big favorite. 
He's 8,900 on DraftKings compared to Gastelum, who is 7,300. Cerrone minus 150 on the Vegas odds. Gastelum plus 130. Uh, and the odds to finish are plus 105. So there's a seemingly good chance this goes to decision, but about as uh, close to a coin toss as you can get there in terms of will the fight be finished or not here. I know you've been a pretty big supporter of Gastelum throughout his career. Do you think he can pull it off here? He, I picked him, you know, a lot, a lot like, you know, you said – for the last fight with Romero where, you know, you got to try and, you know, mm-hmm. find something and underdogs, you know, kind of talk yourself into it a bit. I talked myself into Gaslam on this fight. Now I reserve the right to change my mind when, when I see him on the scale on Friday. Yes. He but, has had weight cutting issues in the past. That is worth documenting. And, um, you know, but no one has ever doubted Kelvin Gaslam's talent level. You know, no, no one doubts how good he is as a fighter. And, you know, this is this is sooner or later, and I, it may not be Saturday, sooner or later Donald Cerrone is going to get in trouble for all these fights that he has on such a regular basis. Mm-hmm. He always says, you're looking to get hurt, I know a guy. He'll, he'll fight yep. anyone, anywhere, anytime. And you know. he's got 38 professional fights under his belt here. So, you know, th- that type of wear and tear would have some sort of effect on anyone. I mean, yeah. he's 33 and- years old. Since he since, since he lost to Rafael dos Santos, um, you know, last December, you know, almost a year ago, eleven months, he's covered Cowboys for three times in twenty sixteen. He's defeated Alex Oliveira, Patrick Cote, and Rick Story, all solid fighters, mm-hmm. but none of whom you would call you know an upper echelon guy. Yep. So this is going to be Cowboys' biggest test in you know about a year, and this is hard because Cowboys such a likable guy. And he's, you know, he brings personality, you know, and obviously fighting ability to the table. But Gastelum is 25 years old, and I think it's safe to say that Gastelum certainly has a hot. He's eight years younger than Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Gastelum has a higher long-term ceiling than Cerrone does. That doesn't necessarily mean Gastelum's ever going to get there, but I think he has a higher ceiling than Cowboy now. With all the big guys' names Cowboys fought in his career and the multiple weight classes and, you know, he's going to come and make ways. You know, he's going to show up in shape and all that stuff. I think he's certainly the safer play. But, again, when you're picking upsets, you got to, you know, talk yourself into it a bit. And considering the salaries, which, uh, you know, this to me. It's quite the disparity. It's yeah, it is, and it doesn't. Just looking at it, it doesn't look right to me. I would have guessed Gaslam would have been more. Gaslam is seventy three hundred on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed he would have been more like at least seventy seven or seventy eight, somewhere in that area. That's really low to me. So mm-hmm. you know, it's you look at guys you like, you look at the odds, you look at the numbers, and you you look and say, all right, well, you know, considering what we've seen from that guy and how talented that guy is, you know, I might be getting a deal here. So. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's my reasoning for going with Gastelum. Cowboy is certainly the safer play, but you know Gastelum is an upside play. You know he has a lot of power. He's really good, and you know if he if he got his weight cut, you know he had a good weight cut, and he shows up you know at MSG uh, you know Friday you know for the weigh-ins in shape and you know on the scale and he looks good. There's no reason he can't pull the upset. Yeah, I would agree with you. Now, I, I am going to play it safe and go Cerrone in this one, though I do want to acknowledge that Gastelum has never been stopped in his uh, MMA career. So uh, if you're hunting for an early knockout bonus from Cerrone, I don't know if you're going to get it. And, uh, I mean, 
Gaslam is 12-2. and two. His only two losses were split decision to Neil Magny and Tyron Woodley. So he's got quite the resume. He's fought pretty well. I do think he's a live dog in this one for he's sure. Also, he's also a very good wrestler. And that would, you know, Cowboy, you know, for all Cowboy, you know, we all talk about his vicious leg kicks and his strikes. Cowboy's a submissions, you know, Cowboy's submission skills are his greatest strength. So mm-hmm. if Gaslam can keep this fight off the ground, he has a chance. Yeah, he might be best suited to kind of try to get this one in the clinch early and often here. Let's move on to the next one, a women's bantamweight matchup between Misha Tate and Raquel Pennington. Misha Tate looking to bounce back in this one. Uh, she's a big favorite, 9,100 on DraftKings compared to Pennington's salary of 7,100. Tate also a minus 185 favorite in Vegas, Pennington plus 160. The odds to finish in this one, plus 145. So we're looking more than likely at a decision here. I mean, coming off a, a brutal beating at the hands of now champion Amanda Nunes. Can Tate bounce back here and possibly hit value at 9,100? You know, I think she's going to bounce back if for no other reason than I don't have much faith in Pennington. And I've said this before, you know, I am not very, I'm not excited about this This fight. Doesn't do much for me. Um, There are, you know, multiple fights on the undercard that I think are better than this fight. Now Pennington continues to defy the odds she wins fights that, you know, she probably – you would think she wouldn't win. She's won four of her last five. The one loss is a split decision to Holly Holm in which many people thought she won. So she continues to beat up fighters. Well, I didn't mean beat up some She continues to beat fighters that, you know, you wouldn't think she's going to – she should beat. Pennington's not a great athlete. She doesn't move particularly well. She is tough. She's been in a lot of fights. Which is similar to what you can say about Tate. You know, they're similar in the sense that they both have a lot of experience. Tate's obviously been, you know, UFC women's bantamweight champion. Neither of these women are gonna beat themselves. You're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to beat the other one. But Tate at least has one elite skill. You know, Tate has elite, you know, Tate has world class submission skills under her belt. So I I think Tate is the better play here, if only because I'm not a big Pennington supporter. Pennington is currently ranked number eight by you by on the you know UFC women's bantamweight rankings. I would be far from shocked if that's as high as she ever gets. But then again, you know, I openly admit she's won four or five. I said I I don't know off the top of my head. I would guess I picked against her in every one of those fights. Yeah. See, I mean, I think we're both going to pick Tate here. I think she has what it takes to get it done. But, I mean, with that price tag, I th- I'm probably going to fade her on DraftKings. If you handed me a $100 bill and told me to bet the betting line, I would prefer the safety of Tate over Pennington. But, again, a situation to probably fade on DraftKings. Not the most exciting of fights, but no one can question Misha Tate's popularity at this point. I think when I was at UFC 200, I don't think anybody got a bigger cheer than Misha Tate coming out of the out of the locker room there. I mean, the fans love her, so I think it's a good fight for the UFC to make to hopefully get her back on track and, and into some more challenges high-profile fights here. But let's move on to a featherweight matchup. A couple of good contenders here. Frankie Edgar looking to rebound from a loss to one of the best featherweights of the last decade, Jose Aldo. He's looking to rebound, and he will look to do so against Jeremy Stevens. Now, Frankie Edgar, 9,200 on DraftKings. Stevens just 7,000, so big disparity. And that actually matches up with the Vegas odds, who have Edgar at minus 350 favorite. Stevens a plus 290 dog. And the odds to finish are suggesting a decision in this one with plus 150 odds to finish here. Now, I thought originally, before I looked at any numbers, I thought maybe it would be a little bit 
closer. The odds and the salaries would be a little bit closer just given the performance that Edgar's coming off of. But they're not, and it seems to be Edgar is a pretty consensus chalk pick. Can you can you help explain to, I guess, me and the listeners why that is, John? Well, it, it's pretty much for one reason. And let, we all saw Edgar's fight with Jose Aldo not long ago. Mm-hmm. And unless Frankie is, and I've said before, I think that was more the result. Edgar's always had problems with Aldo, and he certainly didn't look good in that fight. But unless Frankie's skill set completely you know eroded overnight he's going to be fine in this fight and it's for one simple reason jeremy stevens has about as much power as any featherweight in the world he can knock out any featherweight in the world but his one big problem is that he tries to knock out everybody with every single punch he throws Mm -hmm. he loads up he you know tries to connect and end the fight every single time and if you do that against an, uh, an opponent with the footwork of Edgar, you have no chance. It's kind of like guys who go in there and try and beat up Dominic Cruz on the feet. It's just not going to happen. Yep, it's, Too technical, it's, too evasive, not going to take heavy shots. I, I, I see where you're coming from for sure, John. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, this is when in a couple months when, you know, Cruz faces, you know, Cody Garbrandt. That's the reason I'm sure I'm going to pick Cruz in that fight. Same, same thing. I think I'd pick Cruz against just about any other yeah. bantamweight. That's just yeah. a side uh, note. I've, just, the way he, what he's been able to show uh, in in the fight against Dillashaw and onward, uh, yeah, I, I would definitely go with Edgar's, that sidetrack. Edgar's but. cardio also looked off in the Aldo fight, which was shocking because mm-hmm. Frankie is you know world renowned for having some of the best cardio in the business. So yeah. it's a three round fight here. Stevens is gonna unless Stevens has some way to win this fight. That doesn't involve him, you know, trying to knock out Edgar every single time. You know, he tries to, you know, land a punch. I I don't see this happening. Yeah, three of the last four Edgar fights have actually gone a full five rounds, uh, with the only exception being his first round knockout to Chad Mendez at the uh, Ultimate Fighter 22 finale back in December of 2015. So Edgar, the most te- the more technical fighter. I think we're going to go, uh, we're both going to pick Edgar. Don't count out Stevens. Of course, anyone's got a puncher's chance in this sport, but uh, I think Edgar is a pretty chalk play here. Let's move on to the final big one that we're going to discuss in depth here. That is a lightweight matchup. I, I'm excited to see Khabib in action against a, a solid opponent, Khabib Nurmagomedov, taking on Michael Johnson. Of, cur- of course, Khabib wanted uh, Eddie Alvarez uh, didn't quite get it at this fight, but still wanted to get on the historic card. Uh, the DraftKings salaries have Khabib at 9000 Johnson 7200 The Vegas odds have Khabib as a pretty overwhelming favorite, minus 290 Johnson a plus 210 dog. And the odds to finish on this one, another kind of coin toss one. Vegas seems pretty confident, or just slightly confident, that Khabib can finish Johnson at some point as the odds to finish are minus 105 here. Injuries have derailed a lot of uh, Khabib's career over the last couple years, but you think he's back and has championship potential? I think he's the best lightweight in the world. Um, You know, that is dependent on him being able to stay healthy. If it were Khabib fighting Alvarez on on Saturday, do you think you'd be picking Khabib? Yes, absolutely. I I don't, I think, I think this guy is clearly the best lightweight in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, it's hard to make a comment like that when the guy's fought once in the last two and a half years. So it's, uh, and you know, and even that was against the last minute replacement opponent. Mm -hmm. Khabib's wrestling and, you know, Michael Johnson has a wrestling background too. So that's something to keep in mind. 
But Habib's wrestling and takedown ability is on another level. You know, he's a you know Russian combo sambat champion and a world sambat champion. I mean, all these things, anything you can think of, he can. He's done. Um, and he has underrated power. It's not fight ending power. You know, not like you know one punch knockout power. You know, you see like a guy like you know a guy like you know Woodley has or something like that. But if Habib takes you down and you know you let him get you know top position on you, he's gonna wail on you. So the problem for Habib in this fight is even if he wins, I don't think he's getting a title shot because I don't know how you can put him ahead of Tony Ferguson simply because Tony's been so active and won so many fights in a row. I don't see how you can give a title shot to a guy who has only fought once in the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And the um, way and the way Ferguson beat Dos Anjos uh, on Saturday night, I mean, you got to imagine he's going to get his very soon. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are some people out there, and you know, we'll get to this on another day if it happens. But there are some people out there who think if Al- if uh, McGregor beats Alvarez, that Connor will you know finish off the trilogy with Diaz, and then Habib and Ferguson would fight you know for the number one contender, assuming Habib wins. You know, that would be, a, I think that would be a massive mistake, but, you know, we'll get into that another yeah, day. I mean, if you're Connor, you don't want any part of Habib, right? I mean, you, no, you, oh, you don't take that fight no matter absolutely, what. Absolutely not. No. If you're Connor, you'd rather fight Ferguson. But um, Habib, it's just, it's a lot of takedowns. It's wrestling based. And Michael Johnson is a good fighter. His takedown, you know, defense is over 81%. You know, he's good. But He's never fought anyone like this. This is this is something different. And I think the real Michael Johnson is more along the lines of what we saw when he knocked out Dustin Poirier in the first night of September. I think that's more along the lines of the real Michael Johnson. You know, right now he's the number he ranked as the number six lightweight. I think that's about right. You know, somewhere between, you know, six and eight in that area. But this is a tall task, not just for Johnson, but for any lightweight. All right. Well, uh, let's see. Before we wrap things up here, uh, I want to talk about a quick value play. Is there anybody, John, uh, that we've either discussed already or that is on the remaining undercards that we're gonna we're gonna skip over for now? But is there anybody that you see having a good chance of hitting value uh, on DraftKings that is going to be maybe in some of your lineups? You know, there are a couple. There there aren't too many underdogs on this fight on this fight on this card that I just would stay away from totally. You know, I, I I think there are a few underdogs who could, I, you know, I said I like Alvarez. I, you know, we both, neither of us think Woodley is going to win, but at that price, he's a decent value. Mm-hmm. We both thought, you know, Carolina Kowalkowicz was a decent value. I think Gaslam's going to win, so, you know, I think he's a good value. You know, there are there are people on this card mm-hmm. who are good values. And, it's all um, about picking the right combination of two or three because that's yeah. what you're going to need when there are six fighters in your lineup. Yeah, and you know, I I think I actually think you know in the first fight of the night, I actually think Liz Carmouche is a pretty good value too. Um, you know, might not have the you know explosiveness that you know Kaylin Chikagian has, but you know Liz Carmouche fought Ronda Rousey, so you know yeah. you know she's not going to be overwhelmed by the woman. Hey, so, absolutely, Carmouche is just eight thousand, and hey, what a better way to start your night off with a with a win right away, right off the bat for the yeah, undercards. Well, this is I you know, and I know most people who listen, you know, to uh, to, to the podcast, you know, follow all of us. I know they all, uh, most people set you know multiple lineups, so mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like a puzzle. You know, you got you got to try to figure out how you're going to fit it. You know, you put one guy in, you got to take one out, but um. You know, there it's you know I, I don't like Stevens. I you know I don't like Johnson, and that's more 
not because I don't like those guys. It's just I I don't like their I don't think their opponents are so good that you know I don't I don't like them. That's you know the reason I would be picking against them. But you know it's a good card that not obviously it's a good card. Great card, card possibly the best of all time. It's really good, and but you know it's it's great because not only is it full of big names, but it's full of competitive fights. You know fights that you look at it like we said and you said. Wow, you know, this could, this fight could really go either way, and you know we've seen cards before where a car a card might have two title fights and you know all these big names, but you look at you know the matchups and you're like, wow, you know what, it might be a title fight, but that's not that intriguing. You know, Demetrius Johnson, you know that would be a title fight, but he beats you know the heck out of every single guy he faces. So you know, really, how intriguing is that? Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to this where you know you have a you know cards stack with big names, but you also have a card stack with fights that are intriguing where, you know, you can make it in most fights, you can make a case for either guy. So, you know, it's a good card and I'm glad that the UFC stacked it in New York. And I I just, you know, I hope it delivers in the sense that Mm -hmm. it draws, obviously, you know, it's going to draw a lot of mainstream media attention, but I hope it just 2 million paper. You guys, you think, can it get there? Um, yeah, you know, I think it can. I, I, it's hard because like, you know, you had the card where Brock Lesnar was on the card, and mm-hmm. that, that, that got dismantled a little bit, though. You know, this one, you know, I'm knocking on wood here. We lost Kennedy Evans, but currently it's pretty well intact. I know, and it, it's a shame because I was looking forward to that fight, too. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's good. You know, it's uh, – put it this way. You know, if if you're, you know, a casual fan and you're thinking about, you know, should I lay out the cash for it, this would be the one card to do it for. Absolutely here. So – to wrap things up here, I, I guess I got to ask the fight uh, that you're most excited for. I mean, me personally, I'm ready to go for the main event. I'm also really stoked to see that Weidman-Romero fight, both because I, I can't wait to see how the crowd responds to Weidman coming out in front of the home crowd. Also, I, I'm just so curious to see what Romero can do in that opening flurry here. But uh, how about you, John? What, what are you most excited for about the card? I want to see the Woodley-Thompson fight from a, from a stylistic standpoint. You know, I wanna, I'm curious if Woodley is going to really commit to wrestling you know if he if he goes for an early takedown and he doesn't get it is he going to give up on it you know and you know, try, try to, to strike yeah yeah you would you know and we've said this before it it's hard to believe that anybody facing steven thompson would be that dumb but johnny Hendricks just did it you know he did the see that's exactly what happened he you know he he went for a couple toke didn't take downs early they weren't there Next thing you know, you're striking. Next thing you know, you're unconscious. So uh, I'm intrigued by that in the sense that you wouldn't you wouldn't think that that's how a guy would game plan. But then everybody gets in the cage and everything. You know, all thing all bets are off. All right. Well, that's going to wrap things up uh, for our Rotowire Mixed Martial Arts podcast. John, thanks so much for joining me. I'm really excited for a uh, a great, excellent card this Saturday here. Uh, uh, once again, if you, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow John at J-O-N-L-I-T-T-E-R-I-N-E. You can follow me uh, at Jakeski52. John, thanks again, and uh, we'll be back prior to UFC 206, Cormier versus Johnson. Thanks. Enjoy the card. Should be great. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.